The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. You're listening to Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Are you ready to move from your good life to one that is amazing? Then you've tuned in to the right program. For the next hour, listen in as Reverend Temple Hayes, Senior Minister of First Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida, shares with you the tools you can use to transform your life. She will guide you on a journey to create a life that is amazing. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. Welcome, everyone, and this is Simple Hayes from Good to Amazing, and I just want to say how very much I appreciate all of you that are sharing these shows with your friends and your coworkers and, and your family. It's really making a difference, and it's so important that we're able to get the message out of concepts and ideas that help people accept that we're here to live an amazing life. Our guest today knows exactly how to do just that, and with his concepts that he teaches with voice and music and song, not only does he walk the talk and, excuse me, sing the talk, (laughs) but he also encourages others to do the same. Jamie Lula is with us today via California. Jamie, welcome to our show. Oh, thank you, Temple. Thank you so much. appreciate it. Well, Jamie, a lot of people know because I've, I've shared it with a number of people that I've met over the last couple of years, um, the difference you make when you tell people how important it is that we all have a soul song. We all have within us, as children, we started out with this natural, like just singing and, and um, being in the jingle of the moment, if you will, and you have such a beautiful way of free people up uh, from those old paradigms or the fear and all that. Um, tell us some of the techniques that you do because I truly believe that singing is one of the great healers for all of us as individuals and it does help us be amazing. You know, thank you for that question. Um, it's, you know, the, the phrase that comes forward to me that I originally heard from Reverend Kathleen McNamara at Agape. And we're not certain where the quote came from, but the quote is, a prayer sung is twice prayed. A prayer sung is twice prayed. And I love that because as a vocal teacher, um, for the last 22 and a half years at the Musicians Institute in Hollywood, what I've come to recognize is that, you know, speaking and singing are the same physiological function. But as we grow older, there's a tendency for people to begin to try and do things as if the voice were an instrument outside of themselves. And they forget what they came in with as babies. And, you know, I've never heard a baby horse from crying, but I've heard babies cry for hours and hours and hours. Yet I've heard people sing for like an hour, and if they're singing incorrectly, they, they can lose their voice because they're using it. But it's because they're trying to do something unnatural. And... You know, so part of the technique is, first of all, to create a safe space for people to let their voice come forward because some of the, um, some of the damage that's been done 
to people because as a singer, as a voice, it's like we're the instrument. So when someone says your voice is bad or it sucks or makes comments about it, derogatory comments, it can be taken so personally because it's coming from the inside out. Um, so a lot of my work is about healing those old ideas that people have impressed upon them to help them recognize that there is a soul song that's in each individual. And while you might not sing like I do or like Lady Gaga does or, or Perry Como or Tony Bennett or anybody else, you can sing the way you do. You know, and it's about finding each individuation of the voice that's going to come forward from the individual. And, um, you know, so there's some, some basic ideas to begin with. I don't know if that helps. Oh, totally. It, it helps. And um, when you were teaching the workshop um, here in Orlando, uh, there were a, gr- a lot of people that had experienced being criticized in yeah. uh, ways of their upbringing or being too loud or not being enough or, oh, you know, a lot of people use the phrase, you know, keep your day job, you know, that kind of thing yeah, when exactly, people, people are exactly. singing. Um, but I, I know that there's other people that are out there, and I know listeners in our audience today, that uh, many of us, you know, held back because we didn't want to draw too much attention to ourselves. You know, for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I I know that that was mine. It was like, okay, if you're you're good as an athlete, you know, if you're good as a student, and you get too much attention to yourself, people start asking too many questions, you'll get found out. Right, right. I think that that comes into play, too, with people. Exactly. You'll be found out. People will find out how you feel about yourself. And the truth of the matter is, it's like, how I feel about myself is not necessarily the truth of who I am, but it's so interesting how we, we can take that on. It's like, well, I don't, well, I'm good at sports. Well, I, I can sing and I can do this and people start, you know, putting that pressure on you. It's like, it, yeah, I, 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 that's my perception of what you're saying is that even though you're good at those things, you might not still feel good about yourself or, or something. So you don't want people to find out. Mm, absolutely. Well, how did you get started, Jamie? As a singer or as a teacher? From, um, were you always, both? Tell us about both. Well, you know, I come from a very musical family. My mother's family always sang together on the holidays. And the first singer-songwriter that I knew was my sister. And um, she still to this day will pick up a guitar after not picking it up for years and start singing. And I just... I look at her and I could cry because I think I worked so hard to grow this and develop this and do this professionally, yet she picks up a guitar and opens her mouth and it's like, oh my God, I mean, she's brilliant. Um, But she gave me the first impetus of being a songwriter and and a singer. And, um, And then as a high school kid, it's like it was a way of, for me, it was a way of getting love. It was the feeling that if you could hear me sing, because it's, it, it's, it's how I identified myself, then I would be enough, because I feel like enough. And um, so I began singing in my teens. I sang with a band all through high school. I did musical theater. I did a number of musicals in high school and out of high school, community theater and professional theater. 
Uh, I did the musical Hair down in, in Texas, did a tour, started out in Dallas, and uh, went to a few places. And I've been singing, I started singing at churches, I started singing at a Catholic church in my early 20s. But by that time, I knew I didn't subscribe to the us and them paradigm, and I didn't subscribe to the message that was being taught in the Catholic Church. And it was also kind of in the height of my drug and alcohol abuse, but I was just like, well, I'm going to do this anyway because it's someplace for me to sing. And I had stopped singing with the band at that time and was, was doing very little, so it was like it still gave me an outlet And as I was continuing to find my voice. In 1987, I, 86, I left Detroit and went to Dallas. Um, I was cutting hair at the time, back when I had it. And um, I, while I was in Dallas, I went there because there was a great music scene. But I never got involved with it. I ended up coming out to California to visit an old girlfriend. And at that point, found out about the Musicians Institute, where I started school about four months later uh, in the vocal program. And about six months after I graduated, I graduated in September of 88. And six months later in April, I began teaching, uh, which was um, April of 1989. So um, I've been teaching, <laughs> teaching there for almost uh, for 22 and a half years. And it's just been a blessing because I've learned so much more about my voice as a teacher than I ever did as a student. I became a much better student as a teacher. Uh, so um, that's kind of, and then, you know, I sang with bands in LA, and then I got to Agape about nine months after my father passed, and that's when the message really began to shift, and I came to recognize that I wanted, I wanted to sing about God, but I wanted to sing about this new understanding of the infinite nature of God and that we're all talking about the same thing. And I wanted to sing about God in a way that hopefully other people that were in my position as a young Catholic man, recognizing that I didn't identify with this message anymore. And I began singing songs that would hopefully let people know that there, there's, another, there's another path. And they're all right. You know, there's no wrong path to God. Well, and it's so evident, too, when you, when you sing, when you perform, when you share yourself. Um, because to me, it's even so much more than a performance. Because you're just really being you out loud. Uh, you know, it, it seems effortless when you do it. But it's very interesting when you were saying how you were developing this part within you that you are enough. And that's exactly, if I were to say, you know, what one of my takeaways would be in seeing you perform, um, as, aside from being inspired and, and my heart being opened and those various things, that's exactly what you make people feel is you are enough. If I can do this, I can stand up here and do this acapella, and I can come from my heart and move my arms and, hand and hands and just ex- fully express without being all discer- uh, discerning about what you think of me. Um, if I can do it, you can do it. And that's a huge takeaway that I feel that people get when they see you, is it makes them feel like, 
I can be enough and I can do this too. So I, I really recognize that, you know, about your ability and, and what you're able to do. Do you feel that just through the years of practice um, that you were able to get to that place or were there some beliefs that you had to change? Because I know that people are interested because there's a lot of people, and we find this in congregations, as I know you do in Agape, there's so many gifted performers, but it's getting them to take the first few steps. How do we get people to take the first few steps? Um, well, thank you thank, thank you for saying that. I, I appreciate that because I feel as though... Um, I feel as though what happened at Agape and learning the process of visioning, that part of my vision as, a, as an artist switched from look at me, look at me, look at me, to I have something to tell you, I have something to give you, I have something that I believe in that I want to share with you. So my intention in regard to this has been about creating a space where people could feel that it was possible for them. So I think that you may have been the first person that has ever articulated that and mirrored that back to me, which it's always my intention when I get up to sing, to uplift, to open hearts, to inspire, um, and to heal uh, individuals to recognize that oneness and rec- recognize the pos- greater possibilities of their life for them. Um, so thank you for articulating that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, the, the, you know, I think, I, and I think it goes hand in hand with the rest of the, the second part of the question as far as intention and what's my intention and what's my vision um, as a human being. And if I'm clear about my intention and what the vision of, is of my life. And, and it's not to say it's like, you know, the, the visioning process. We don't want to create a box for it. We want to be open to the infinite possibilities. My vision, to, my vision 10 years ago was very different than my vision today, hopefully, because, you know, I will have grown. My vision today will hopefully be, you know, have shifted in the next five years. But it's like when, I, when I'm clear about a vision and I'm open to the infinite possibilities and I'm not just contained in a box of that vision, but I'm open to the growth and whatnot that takes place. When I'm open to it and I'm, I'm clear about it and I'm open to it, I can step into it. But if I'm unclear about it or if I have judgment about something about me, especially the voice, um, and, and singing. And, and, I, and I don't think that everybody wants to be, to make a living singing, but they want to sing and they want to feel free in their singing. And I think that setting your intention and becoming willing to be free in the context of your singing um, will assist you to open up to that freedom. And as you're, as you're saying that, um, I'm getting an image of a lot of movies that I've, you know, watched through the years. And as an um, audience observer, 
where you really get kind of um, inspired, like my best friend's wedding, you know, I, I believe that's the one, right, that in the middle of the restaurant, they just start singing, <laughs> you know, and it kind of uh-huh. takes a life of its own. But when you think about it, when you've been a part of certain movies that people just take off and start singing, it makes everybody happy, you know, and everybody wants right. to participate in that so you're exactly right there's just some there's a natural desire within us to express you know who we are and what you're saying is that from your new identification of your spirituality and the teachings that you receive through um you know michael beckwith dr michael that it freed you up to learn how to fully express without the concern of um, any limitations? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I mean, I, I, I have definitely said a number of times that, you know, I sang for a lot of years before I got to Agape, but I really started to sing when I got to Agape. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the, you know, it, there, it, it, something opened up, and I think part of it was just being in the teaching and a part of it was singing with the Agape group, which is a, um, a, a choir of soloists that uh, Ricky and, and Rev put together years ago. Uh, Brenda Marie Ager, uh, Nikki Harris, um, uh, Esther Nicholson, Skip Falconer, um, Carl Anderson was one of the original members of that group. Uh, Jan Garrett and J.D. Martin sang with us for a while. Charles Holt um, sang with us. Um, but it's like to sing with that group of singers, and not just that they were great singers, but the consciousness behind all of those individuals was really deep, and there was a desire to know and to express and reveal God through song. And so to be in that arena with those singers was yet another aspect that assisted in opening up to to the the perhaps the, the deeper aspects of my voice. And, you know, I, and I'm also aware that I've done a lot of inner work as well. Um, I've got a master's in spiritual psychology from the University of Santa Monica. Uh, it's a two-year master's program in spiritual psychology. And it's like doing that work. It was, they call it soul-centered education. And doing that work really assisted me to drop deeper into um, an awareness of myself and, and what I was here to express and reveal. Oh, that's wonderful, Jamie. Well, we're going to take a quick break, and we're here today with Jamie Lula. You can go to his website, Jamie Lula, that's J-A-M-I-L-U-L-A dot com, and find out all about him, his work, and the various CDs that you can get. I would encourage you to do so. We love living with him here and taking him on road trips and everything because he is all that. Uh, Thank you for joining us, and we'll be right back from Good to Amazing. If you've been inspired by the programming on Unity Online Radio, we hope you'll give your support so others may be inspired too. This online radio network depends on the love offerings of listeners to continue operating and expand its outreach. Please visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you.
from on the air to on the sea. Pack your bags and come with me. Hey, hey, what you waiting for? An early winter rendezvous with all the things you love to do. Hey, hey, treat yourself to more. A little more summer, a little more sun, a little less work and a lot more fun. A little more beach, a little more sand, a little less stress and a lot more pain. Join your favorite Unity Online Radio hosts for Cruise in the Caribbean, November 10th to 17th, 2012. On this fun-filled Caribbean adventure, enjoy sunshine, exceptional dining, and island excursions. Feed your spirit with music, message, and meditation, plus one-on-one time with some of your favorite hosts. That's Cruise in the Caribbean, November 10th to 17th, 2012. To learn more, go to unity.fm slash cruise. A little more sunset, a little more sea, a little less blue and a lot more bee. What is the secret to happiness? Why do bad things happen to good people? What is our purpose in life? What must I do to bring healing into my life? Join Reverend Paul Hasselbeck every Tuesday for a metaphysical romp. Explore fundamental unity principles put into action through real-life scenarios from people like you. Call in with your questions and spiritual challenges, and let Paul take you on a journey of profound personal understanding and transformation. That's Metaphysical Romp with Reverend Paul Hasselbeck every Tuesday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Thank you for tuning in for From Good to Amazing with Reverend Temple Hayes. If you have a question or comment about today's discussion, you can email us at amazing at unity.fm. Now, here's your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. And welcome back, everyone. And again, we want to thank all of you for your continuous support of Unity Online Radio. I want to go ahead and plant a seed for 2012, so you can go ahead and mark your calendars. We are going on a Unity FM cruise, so you'll want to go to the website, unity.fm forward slash cruise, to find out all the information about us, the hosts that are going with you. It is going to be just an incredible experience. And today we are talking to Jamie Lula. Jamie has been singing and teaching improv and singing uh, for the past 22 years. And he travels all over the globe, uh, touching people with his music and his workshops. Jamie, I'm so delighted that you're with us today. And thank you for all the information that you're sharing with our listeners. Oh, thank you, Temple. Such a joy to be on with you. I had such a great time with you. Uh, when I was with you um, in St. Petersburg in September, and uh, I had a great time and a great time with you at the Posies last year, doing that voice workshop, it was I was so I was so moved that you were so moved by it. I love doing it, but it's like I you know I'm then on to my next thing. So when you came back to me and said how much it, a difference it made to you, I was I was so grateful because sometimes I don't hear. So thank you. 
Yeah, and and that's a good point um, uh, for all of you that are, you know, part of people's lives that do perform or do speak or do teach or do preach or whatever, is that every now and then you you say to them, thank you, and you make them aware. Um, uh, Often the kind of work that we get comments on are the things that people would like to see us do differently, and that's okay, too, because we learn from that, but it's always good to hear that, that you're making a difference. Well, I'll tell you, uh, Jamie, before I took your workshop, um, now I took voice uh, through the years not to become a singer, but to improve my style uh, and my speaking ability. So I took voice for a, a while. But here in the communities, when I would sing, and I'd written songs on my guitar as I was growing up, but I kind of put all that aside for a while. But between you and Christine Stevens, I kind of dusted all that off the shelves, and I started writing songs again. But before your workshop, I would always get them to mute my mic uh, when we would perform on Sundays, when I would be part Mm -hmm. of a song, or it could be even as subtle as the peace song. And I would say, oh, please mute me. You know, I mean, that's the kind of voice I have, blah, blah. But I don't do that anymore. And if I'm, um, you know, doing a message and something, you know, wants to come out, like yesterday, I was so in shock because I started singing Doris Day's song. So, okay, we're going way back. Um, it was even pre, pre before my birth. Um, and I started singing, uh, que sera, sera, you know, because whatever will be, will be. I wouldn't have done that before. I just absolutely wouldn't have done that before um, because I would have been in that, you know, inner critic of myself that, oh, let me stick with what I'm here to do. I'm supposed to be the speaker, not the singer. But yet, you know, that's not how I am in life. In everyday life, I hear songs a lot. You know, throughout the course of the day, I'll think of something funny, uh, I'll think of a song, and I just start having a little jingle in my head. It really helps me uh, distress, you know, take away some of the, you know, mundane or, or some of the things we get hooked by in the course of the day. It helps me, as you said, um, kind of stay in a prayer place. Yes. So... Uh, There's so many, and I think that's important, you know, for uh, all of you that are part of this conversation today to recognize that we're we're not just talking about, oh, after I, you know, get off this show today, I'm going to go, you know, necessarily become a performer, I'm going to go perform at American Idol, but the freedom of being you, I mean, to me, underneath all this, that's what you're talking about, Jamie, is the freedom of, of peace. And so it's pretty incredible, you know, Jamie, when we, when we think about that, because we're really talking about the freedom to be ourselves, aren't we? Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I, I love that opportunity. I've, you know, I've taken workshops in the past, uh, the, the artist's way, and done things like that. And just so many people, my experience is, it's someone that has told them that they can't do something. Now, not everybody. I mean, it's like I know people that have been told, you can't do this and you can't do this, and they go ahead and do it, but it's not the natural condition for most people to say, you know what, that's your stuff. I'm not buying into it, and I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. The, the natural condition from, in my experience 
the natural response for people is to cave in on themselves and go, oh, you're right. I mean, it's very interesting because I've, I've taken about six guitar lessons in my life. And I work at the Guitar Institute. That what started out as the Guitar Institute of Technology in Hollywood where there's all these great teachers and players that, you know, some of them can play, you know, a million notes a minute and, and, and all that stuff, and I've always felt intimidated. But it's like I know that I hold down the guitar, but when I was a young man taking lessons, the kid across the street who, who considered himself a guitar aficionado at the ripe old age of 14 or 12 or whatever it was, told me that he knew I couldn't play guitar because I carried the guitar backwards. I could carry the case backwards. And I was like, okay, well, maybe he knows something I don't. And, and it wasn't until my, my mid-30s that I started playing guitar, really playing with my band, and it really wasn't until 98 when my band split up and I was going out solo that I really began playing guitar. And I put it down based on someone's judgment of the way that I carried the case. I know that sounds ridiculous, but I think that's a really common story for a lot of people. Maybe not that particular one, but someone makes a comment, especially about the voice. And, uh, you know, I just love usually older women in, you know, Lutheran church or Methodist church who just sing out. And they, might not, they might not be the most beautiful singer, but they're singing out and they're offering God praise in that way, shape, and form. Oh, and it's so true. And then what happens is other people are inspired as well. And then they move forward. And I know that you and I were having a a conversation at um, one of the conferences. And um, you were talking about, you know, working with some of the younger people. Don't you find in in your travels and in your experiences that a lot of the people today that or many people that are on drugs and alcohol, they're some of the most gifted people on the planet. Have you seen from your teaching and your working with some of these students one-on-one that they start um, getting healthier and they are able to transcend some of their issues with um, low self-esteem by their ability to express? You know, it's interesting because I think that, you know, um, well, to answer your question, yes and no. I have found that a lot of people find esteem within their music, um, and then they get to that, they, they, you know, because they can do something, it's kind of like what I experienced. It made me feel like I was enough until it didn't work anymore, kind of like drugs and alcohol. And it's like it, I still didn't feel like enough um, even though um, I was going out and singing and, and doing it and maybe selling records or whatnot, I still didn't feel like enough. So my experience is um, that a lot of kids still, even though they're making music, still battle with self-esteem issues. But my, my encouragement to them is to channel that into their music, to speak about those things that they feel less than about, to speak to those, those dark parts of their personality. And, and um, you know, I wrote a song a number of years ago that I was afraid to sing in, in spiritual centers for a long time because I thought that people would be turned off 
by the opening line. But the opening line is, I've been contemplating suicide, but a friend told me if I pulled the trigger and died, I'd be killing the wrong person. I'm not where I think I'm supposed to be. I don't like the mirror looking back at me. These buried treasures I hold on to are digging my own grave. There's a love song in there somewhere. Mm. And, you know, I sung that over the last six months at a number of spiritual centers that I was so uh, uh, concerned. And it's like, you know, I've lost two kids to suicide, two of my teens to suicide this year. Wow. 16 and 20. Two kids that I worked with over the years. And, and it's like, I need to go out and sing that song to say, and, and, and I talk about it with the young people. It's like, look, just because I feel like I want to die, maybe there's an aspect of me. Maybe there's an old idea that I've used to survive that needs to die, but that doesn't mean that I, as a person, need to die. I need to find a way to allow that aspect of myself to be laid to rest so that the rest of me can live more fully. And in expressing that, it's like I think some kids get it and some, you know, some people don't. And I know that, I know it's in divine order not to do a spiritual bypass because I've also had, a, I've had another experience <laughs> with someone dying and, and, and committing suicide that, that, that the mother found out, found a gift. And it's like her soul and her son's soul had made an agreement. It's, a, it's another long story. But it's just kind of the arc of the song and my life in song <laughs> where I get to find these things out and share them with people, and especially with the teens. I'm so honest with the teens about my drug and alcohol abuse, my sexual addiction, my, the things that I've been challenged with that I continue to work on, my self-esteem issues. And I think many of them appreciate me because I am so direct, and I'm not telling them, oh, life is great and it's all this. I, I'm just real honest. This is what I go through, and this is the work I do on a daily basis to not, conti- to not continue to buy into those old ideas and perceptions of myself. I'm so grateful that you do that, and it offers them the ability to feel free to share and that you know anything is possible. I love what you're saying because I find that a lot too when people come to me one-on-one or for various reasons, and they'll say to me, you know, I've just been thinking a lot about dying lately, and I'm, you know, and I'm concerned now because why am I thinking about that? Why am I thinking about, well, you know, I could be dying? And it's so true. Uh, it's most of all about that, you know, that Jungian way of the part of you that dies so that the greater you can live. Absolutely. And a lot of people misinterpret that. Because they right. tend to think of the word dying as the ultimate, like the end all, rather than another way of freeing oneself from old ideas or old beliefs or things like that. I've had people come to me and say, you know, I've had a dream that I'm going to die. Um, mm-hmm. and, and then we talk about it for a period of time and I go, you probably are, but not a physical death. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. you're, 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 gonna, you're having a, a spiritual rebirth. Um, and in order to have that, the some of the old ways must must die, 
I'm so grateful that you're out there singing that song because it's so in alignment with our culture today, too, uh, for people to understand that as we get more and more sensitive as beings, we we have these kind of energies that are being called forth asking us to, you know, let go of the good and become amazing. I mean, that's what we can be if we're willing to peel the uh, air, uh, layers of the onion away and... Um, and that we all from day to day are facing various fears or, you know, if people don't understand that just because you're up there, I know that I, I get that too. Like, oh, there's times that you feel this or you feel that. It's like, well, of course, I'm a human being, you know, um, never claim to be anything any different. Don't want to be robotic. You know, we all go through different phases, but we keep showing up, don't we? We do, and you know what's fascinating to me? It's, it's like I love, you know, I've heard Reverend Michael over the years, you know, speak to his dark nights of the soul that he's, he's gone through. And I so appreciate that when I hear a minister being authentic and coming forward and saying, this is going on, whether it's, whether it's, whether it's a question of faith, whether it's a question of, of life, whether, you know, whether it's a doubt, and because to be the container, to be the container that we are when, when we get up and perform, and I realize that I'm a conduit. It's not about me. But to be that open channel and to be that conduit for God to express and to stand in front of people and be that inspiration on a week-in, week-out basis that ministers are, that musicians are, that practitioners through the Centers for Spiritual Living, and I don't know what the equivalent is in unity, prayer, something, I'm, I'm not sure, but to be that space, it's like you're standing there on your own with God, obviously, and you're being that space and you're giving out that energy, and it's like the energy that you get back from a congregation or from an audience, it's huge. And it's like to continue to be that container, it's like if, we, if I don't do my work, and sometimes I find it hard to get up and do my work every day. It's like I don't want to do another work. I don't want to do another prayer. I don't want to do another meditation. I don't want to do another affirmation. I don't want to get up and go to the gym. You know, I just want to sit around and, you know, eat donuts and drink coffee all day and, you know, watch um, MASH reruns or something. <laughs> but it's like I, I can't do that if I want to continue to be that, that conduit. And you know what? There's very much sometimes those days where I need to just stop. And you know what? I am. I'm going to sit and I'm going to read a book today. And I'm not going to do anything. And I'm not going to do, you know, and it's not to say that I, it's like I want to do my daily devotion. And I can drop into my daily devotion at any given time. But, um, you know, as con- I, I say that because I don't know that people always understand and it's like, okay, well, you assume the responsibility as a, as a minister or whatnot, but it's like, it's a tremendous amount of energy. It's a tremendous amount of energy. And to get up there and be that vehicle for music is a tremendous amount of energy. And, um, yeah, it's a big deal. And, it's, and I'm grateful for it, and I'm not complaining about it. I'm just saying it's a lot of energy sometimes. And... Um, Sometimes when it looks like I'm not doing any work is when I'm doing my most work. Yes, so I'm not true, giving trenches. Exactly. But the That's stillness so and just being with myself. You know, it's, it, you know what? It's, it's easier to go to the gym than to just 
sit with yourself and to sit in the middle of my pain, to sit in the middle of my joy sometimes, to sit in the middle of the loss that happens within me, to sit in the middle of feelings of fear or doubt or to sit in, in shame and to just be with it. And sometimes that's the work. It's not to dwell in it and to take ownership of it, but sometimes I just need to sit with it when it comes up. And that's not easy work. Well, that is going to lead us to more information when we come back right after break. So hold those thoughts, Jamie. We want to hear more. We'll be right back, everyone. Do you sometimes feel as though the door to happiness has closed and there's no other door in sight? In her book, Ask Yourself This, Unity Minister Wendy Craig Purcell reminds us that Everything happens for a reason. We've all experienced situations which felt like anything but good. We may have lost our job or gone through a divorce or experienced some other dark night of the soul. Yet those very experiences, when met spiritually, can lead us to a much greater good. The lost job can be what finally motivates us to discover the work that truly feeds our soul. The ending of a marriage can trigger us to do the emotional healing and personal growth work we've been avoiding for years. Every one of us can look back at negative or painful experiences in our lives and say that they turned out to be the best, worst things that ever happened to us. For more insight from Wendy Craig Purcell, read Ask Yourself This from Unity House Books. If you're focused on getting the right answers, Ask Yourself This emphasizes the importance of asking the right questions. Order your copy today at www.unity.org. Jesus taught us that it is our divine Creator's great pleasure to give us the kingdom of limitless good. We are all heirs to incredible abundance, and yet many people right now are stuck and struggling in a place of lack. How do we walk the walk and experience vibrant health, profound love, limitless wealth, and overflowing joy in the midst of a world consciousness of lack and separation? Each week, you will learn powerful and practical tools to experience greater abundance in every area of your life. Hear from experts and visionaries that are living examples of sacred abundance and have your questions about prosperity answered from a spiritual perspective. Join Reverend Robin Ryder live every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Central Time on Sacred Abundance, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. We now return to From Good to Amazing with your host, Reverend Temple Hayes. So thank you everyone for joining us on From Good to Amazing today. I'm sure there's a number of people, especially some of the younger people, that you can send and forward this MP3 file today to share a message about freedom to be yourself about the continuation of moving towards a greater sense of self because we are talking with Jamie Lula today and I just want to encourage everyone to go to Jamie's website. It's J-A-M-I-L-U-L-A dot com. 
You know, Jamie's CDs are wonderful. They'll make great stocking stuffers and great presents for the holiday season, that's for sure. Jamie, it's just been so great having you join our our show today. Tell us um, some of the places that you're going to be going to in the very near future or some of the things that you have going on so that we can support you. I am going to... Uh, I'm, you know, I'm kind of closing out my touring for 2011. Um, I'm going to be up in Oakland in um, early December. I'm going to be at a place called the Launching Pad in Berkeley, California. Um, Reverend Linda Rapond bought this house and opened up this space for young adults. It's specifically a young adult service. It's on Friday, um, the third of. February, there's a potluck, and then I'm going to be making some music. Um, I'm going to be in uh, San Diego in early January. I'm going to be at Christ Church Unity down in San Diego. I'm going to be doing service on the 8th of January and then doing an afternoon concert. Um, and, um, oh, I've got <laughs> I have some other events coming up later in the year. I'm actually in the process of booking out 2012. So. Very exciting. So actually, they can go to your website, right, Jamie? And you have things on your calendar there. Yes, ma'am. I've got a I've got a calendar of all my events at www.jamilula.com. And uh, I'll I'll tell you, I've got. If you go to my website and you sign up for my email list, um, I'll send you a, an MP3 of a song. Um, and uh, that way I, you can keep abreast of what I'm doing out in the world. And if you sign up based on this um, show, I will be happy to send you an MP3 of something that I hope will inspire you and hold will inspire you. Oh, thank you, Jamie. And I'm, I'm sure that you'll be hearing from others about that. Um, for the remaining time that we have together, uh, we have a number of people that are out there and they're going, okay, I've, I've never written a song, but I've, you know, written some poetry and I've, haven't been singing, but what do I do to get started? Um, what are some of the things that you would urge for people to do to move to the next step? Hmm. Um, you know, it depends on the person. Mm-hmm. But as far as completing songs, you know, oftentimes in our centers we find we find that there's there are people that you know maybe played piano at one time, kind of like Jeff Snyder, who had stopped for a long time and become become an accountant, but then decided you know he had done this for a long time and. Now he's your music director, um, and he was a very accomplished musician, but I think that there's a lot of people that have put it to the side. What I often encourage my students is, you know, find a partner. If you don't play an instrument, maybe find a partner that uh, plays an instrument that you could collaborate with. Um, um, That's a good step. If you don't play an instrument and you don't have people that play instruments around you, the suggestion might be to to take and sing your poetry if you're interested in creating songs, um, to just sing your poetry. And if you want to get an idea of song form, um, 
listen to listen to songs on the radio or listen to the, we've got this Posy Palooza month, you know, positive music month that's going on through Empower Music and Hearts. That would be great. There's a lot of great songs that you can download this month at the Empower Music and Arts uh, website. And just look at, listen to the song and listen to the form. It's like how long is the intro and you know, listen to the verse and how long it is. And then it might go into a chorus. And then you'll have the reiteration of, of, ver- of the intro to the song. And then you'll hear the verse again. And you know, sometimes just listen to a song form and, and maybe it might get you an, give you an idea of how to formulate your song. Because poetry doesn't always have a hook the way that a song does. A song has a chorus, which is oftentimes referred to as a hook. You know, maybe take the template of a particular song that you love and create a song based on that template. That's one idea as far as moving ahead in songwriting, as well as finding collaborators. Uh, talk to your music directors at church and see if he's aware of people in the community that play an instrument that might be willing to and open to collaborate with you to bring your songs to fruition. And you also work with people one-on-one, right? Jamie, do you Skype, or for people that um, aren't geographically close to you, could they Skype with you, or do you do one-on-one coaching? I do do one-on-one coaching, and Skyping is uh, a whole new modality um, for me, and I am absolutely open um, to do that. I do my best work with people in person, um, but my wife is a spiritual practitioner, and she does a lot of phone sessions, and she's really wonderful at, you know, holding the consciousness with people over the phone wires. I'm, I suppose I could do it on Skype, but in-person, one-on-one is the best. But Skype is great, too, because they can, I, can, I can watch them, I can listen to them, and I can give them um, feedback as well. That's a possibility. And all your contact information is on your website. For those of you that are ready to take the next step, now this would be a good time of year to do it, uh, that you could be your own gift this year. And I can only speak from experience. It's been so rewarding for the last year and a half to be writing songs and singing songs and and expressing that other side of myself. Um, Jamie had mentioned earlier, and I just want to reiterate that, you can go to the Palooza Award website and the Music and Arts, and it's Empower, M-A. It's .com, isn't it, um, Jamie? I believe that's correct. But you can look it up on the Internet. You can Google it. Empower MA and go to the website and find out about all the musicians that are going to be in the area as well as uh, the events that are going to take place. It's a very powerful um, experience for sure. And, and get down, to, if, if you have any opportunity to get down to the Posse Paloozas in Orlando, which takes place in January, you can find that information on the Empower Music and Arts website. Uh, if you can get down there, the festival is great. It's all about the songwriter. Um, unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to be there this year. I'm deeply uh, disappointed that I won't be able to make it this year, but uh, I trust that I will be back next year. It's a great event, a lot of great songwriters, a lot of gr- a weekend of music, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um, it's well worth it. Um, it's worth the price of admission. It's worth it if you're interested in music that inspires you and uplifts you, um, some great writers that are down there, 
and uh, Richard McDeasy and Sue K. Riley just do a great job of putting it together. Um, get down there. Yes, they do. We're very grateful to Sue Riley and Richard Medici as well as, you know, just bringing positive music uh, to our world. It's so wonderful to have people like you and Sue and Richard and J.D. and Jan and uh, Devotion and Faith Rivera and all the others. There's so many um, that are bringing uh, such great messages um, to the world. It just... What a great way to impact others is through the gift of song. Well, Jamie, you are truly a gift to all of us, and it has been just a pleasure to have you on the show today. I want to remind everyone to go to your website, Jamie Lula, that's J-A-M-I, Lula, L-U-L-A, all one word. Uh, I mean, it's two separate words, but it's all together, dot .com, JamieLula.com. And Jamie, thank you for being with us on the show today. You've given us some ideas and and some ways to think about how to move from good to amazing. And I, I really appreciate your time and your being with us. Bless you, Reverend Temple. Have a brilliant day. Love to your congregation. And I look forward to seeing you soon. All right. Thank you, Jamie. Peace and blessings. And- and thank you, everyone, for joining us, and um, we appreciate you supporting Unity Online Radio and From Good to Amazing. And also, be sure and check out the website, unity.fm, so you can mark your calendars and plan to go on the cruise with us next November. It's going to be exciting. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for tuning in to From Good to Amazing with Reverend Temple Hayes. Join us every Monday at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern for more tools to move your life from good to amazing. This program is brought to you in part by Temple Hayes Ministries Online at www.templehayes.org and First Unity Campus in St. Petersburg, Florida. Online at www.unitycampus.org. Transform that thought you've held in your mind into a reality in your life. How do you work in partnership with God to co-create the life that you've always imagined? One way is through the universe-responding spiritual model for life. Each week, Valerie Crabtree will share how to use the universe-responding elements and principles to co-create your life through continuous communication with your higher power. She'll answer your questions using this practical, understandable concept, and your life will change. Listen to Universe Responding on Monday mornings at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern, here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Inspiration only takes a moment. As Reverend Felicia Blanco Circe points out in her book, Do Greater Things, there is the potential for joy, wholeness, and expansiveness designed into every moment. 
And the miracle is when we recognize the constant presence of these qualities all around us. Once we see what is possible, our lives then begin to change. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. Have you ever considered that everything you think and say is a prayer to the universe? Are you sending a positive or negative message? Join Rev. Beverly Molander and her guests on Affirmative Prayer, Activating the Power of Yes, to find out how you can activate your own power of yes. Using affirmative prayer or positive intention can make a big difference in the way you think, feel, and live. If you want help moving from chaos to clarity in relationships, health, prosperity, or work, this is the place for you. We'll have some how-to suggestions about how you can say yes more often from this point forward. Talk with Beverly Molander and her guest live every Monday at noon central, 1 p.m. Eastern. Affirmative prayer, activating the power of yes, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Celebrated Unity Minister and author Eric Butterworth tells us, The exciting thing is that wherever you may be along the way of unfoldment and self-realization, no matter what the problems or challenges you may face, there is always more in you, the mystery of God in you, the Christ in you, which means your potential for healing, for overcoming, for prosperity. There is no limit. Join us each week for Discovering Eric Butterworth, Tuesdays at 5 p.m. Central Time with host Rev. Tom Thorpe. Right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Looking for work is work, but it can also be extremely rewarding, and it doesn't have to be difficult. Judy Pilot invites you to tune into Help Wanted Making the Most of Your Job Search. For practical advice about how to look for work and create a consciousness of service and value that will help you put your best foot forward every step of the way. Get answers to your questions about resumes, cover letters, searching online, and prepping for interviews. And learn how to organize a successful search strategy. Join Judy every Tuesday at 9 a.m. Central for Help Wanted, making the most of your job search. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Rachel Corpus, an angel communicator, psychic medium, and host of the Angel Talk podcast. This show is meant to help you remember who you are, a limitless being with shoes and socks on. And along the way, we'll connect to people on the other side and experts in the field like authors, healers, animal communicators, and more. Listen to all my shows at Mind Body Spirit FM or wherever you get your podcasts. 